All right, welcome to the Amen. Do I big one. balls it and instead of saying the first weeaboo hell of the new year, say the last weeaboo hell of the year? Fuck it, I'm editing this thing tomorrow. Welcome to the last weeaboo hell of the year. I'm going to fucking hate myself later. <laughs> I was about to tell you. I'm going to be so mad. <laughs> What was it, like, the Seinfeld joke about morning guy and evening guy? <laughs> I don't think evening guy's gonna hold back. I think I'm going to find, like, a cross burning in front of my own house that I set. You sure it's not, like, morning guy? Like, you're saying right now, this is a problem for morning guy. God. So, as you might remember, we're starting a ten-episode series. Sort of... Rise and fall of the Narutian Empire. The Uzumakian Empire. The Uzumakian Empire. I've nice. decided that that is the one that sounds the best. That's good flow. That's good flow. Mm -hmm. It is going to be called the Uzumakiad. <laughs> Remind me to actually title them that. Okay. And before we go into it, in the uh, spirit of our uh, newfound history podcast here, I want to present a piece of authentic Uzumakian art. Okay. Found scrawled on a bathroom wall. Is it like the little leaf symbol on their headbands? Because I would see that shit everywhere in high school. I would like to present a second piece of Uzumakian art. Like the little, the little guy with the spiral and like the triangle on it? I would like to go through seven recursions of this joke <laughs> and present the dumb thing I wrote just before this episode started. Oh, shut up. And it's just my reflection on... How this started, where it went, and its influence. Okay. It's not deep, but... Hi, kids. Do you like violence? Do you want to see me put shuriken through each of my eyelids? Do you want to copy me, make a magic school for crying kids? Become an editor's slave and burn out just like I did? <laughs> and that is my... Those are my opening statements, my opening thoughts for the Uzumakiat. Uh, There's a nice little uh, encapsulation of um, what it was, what it became, why. <laughs> but I don't yeah. want an encapsulation. I want a deep and lengthy exploration. And that is why I have committed to this thing, to doing this thing. And I think it's one of your... Um... Better ideas, actually. I don't want to hijack the... Well, we'll see. We're only on episode one. If we hate ourselves by episode five, that'll be my fault. <laughs> oh, mother. If you think we were not taking a break around three or four for one or two episodes. Yeah, we might need to do that. I just know that I get behind on my reading, so momentum is going to be good. That's fair. That is super fair. So, not to hijack the structure of this, because you're usually way better prepared than me. I'm a little bit better prepared today. Just a little bit. But since this is a whole long runner thing, I thought it might actually be cool in this first part to sort of zoom in on the pilot of this whole thing. Like just the first, uh, literally the first chapter, the like, first chapter. Yeah. I was actually, I was actually thinking of doing that, but before we do, I just wanted to share some introductory thoughts. Aye. aye. So what I've kind of learned in my years in the Weebosphere is that everyone has an opinion about Naruto. Like, of the big three, which is to say uh, Naruto, One Piece, and Bleach, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's a new big three now because only one of them is still running. and like things like, It's things... hard to arbitrarily impose three on it when that was a very specific moment. It was a very specific, yeah, period of time there. Uh, again, a lot of this feels like we're doing a history uh, rather than 
you know, something kind of like the core episodes that we did were, you know. Anyway, I think out of those three, it is the entry most talked about in circles outside its central fan base. Like, there's going to be all sorts of chatter about One Piece by One Piece fans, but I think, like, you are either into One Piece or you are not. I think you can know enough about Naruto without actually being into it, and thus there is a lot more conversation about it by people outside its fan base. I think there are two really big things at play there. Mm-hmm. One is that I think Naruto is inherently the most divisive. Yes. I think it's probably the one that changed the most throughout its run. Actually, a case we made for Bleach there, but it... I know, Bleach was always itself. It just kept getting worse as the premise kept wearing thin. That's right, but... Or wearing more and more thin. It, it definitely did change quite a bit. But Naruto, Naruto, I think you can feel a transformation in the lens, and I think that treats different people differently. Sure. Like I also think that, and this is the very boring part of my brain, but mm-hmm. there is a flat-out marketing thing where Naruto was just better distributed and sold to Americans. Could be. I. That's not something that I was thinking about as much, like the way that it was marketed versus how Bleach slash how One Piece was marketed. I think One Piece... I mean, One Piece is... Almost like Chinese people and Star Wars, as far as Americans go. It, it's interesting in that way that One Piece, sort of whatever popularity it has found stateside, has been kind of in spite of its marketing rather than because of it. Like, they never even tried to get Americans to like One Piece. They just kind of found it anyway and decided, this is the patrician one. I don't know. I'm never going to read it. <laughs> I don't have that kind of time. I don't even know how I have the kind of time to read Naruto. I would describe it as bouncy. I, 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 yeah. In like every possible way, or we yes, just, that was also we're a just pun. making that a, was a that joke was, here. Okay, that was cool. also a pun. Okay, yeah, but yeah. also a description of how I would call the positives of that thing's energy. Gotcha. Yeah. So yeah, no. While One Piece, right, is either beloved or avoided. Uh, in my case, kind of the latter. Uh, no one really seems to hate it, unless. Yeah, yeah, that, no, that's, yeah, that's what I was getting I, at. Yeah, I don't think that anyone thing. actually seems to hate it. And Bleach is mostly thought of in the same way that we think about Game of Thrones, in which it was this giant thing, and it's <laughs> gone now. It's gone now, and no one really talks about it anymore because they don't really feel like it's worth talking about. Uh, discussions about the Orange Ninja are still very oh, uh, much alive. With that Game of Thrones line, by the way, mm-hmm. um, a, a little back pattern for you, but interesting div- division in our instincts. Um, after saying Bleach is kind of remembered like Game of Thrones, I would have just put my hands up and said... Laugh. Bask in me. <laughs> Enjoy that for a few seconds. No, you can you can just rewind the podcast ten seconds if you were laughing. And, and like, I'm not, even, I'm not even expecting that you were. And now I have to draw a comparison between Arya gets the kill and the heart. <laughs> just the, the moment in either work that just sucked so fucking bad that it was impossible to ignore how shitty it had become. So, you know what's weird? What's that? I think Arya gets the kill may actually be worse than the heart because the heart isn't thematically poisonous to its core work. So there was this trope that kind of no longer really exists on TV trope called the dethroning moment of suck, right? Right. The opposite of the crowning moment of awesome, right? The moment... Mm -hmm. When a show reaches its absolute fucking nadir, 
when everything that was good about it has become bad, and this is the moment that most encapsulates everything that has gone wrong. So, Arya gets the kill, right? Both, yeah, thematically and from a story structure point, like, both of the threads have been completely lost, nay, abandoned intentionally <laughs> for store value, right? Whereas the heart... I think the, the conversation about Bleach was just how fucking lazy its writing was getting, how lazy its art was getting, and here it is, an entire page of both lazy art and lazy writing. I like to call Bleach for author's rights the equivalent of one of those child mind cave <laughs> <laughs> that they used to have before we really had labor laws. <laughs> I wonder if Taite Kubo was not doing it on his own, because reading through Naruto, right, he talks about his assistants all the goddamn time. He's got a half dozen of them, at least, at any given time. There's one of them when he draws by himself. His work looks so much more like Toriyama's. Huh. I know, I, I was, like, thumbing through the assistant sketch as well as doing this reread. Because yeah, yeah, they're, they're, those are kind of fun. I don't read his whole, like, autobiography that he sort of pens throughout, you know, the run of the thing, because I don't really have time. I'm trying to just get fuck through this because we've got an episode to record fair um maybe if i find it interesting enough to go back and reading it again <laughs> jesus christ no i don't think i'm gonna do that but if i did maybe i'd read it then but i'm not going to so i won't this is what i'll put for the autobiography things i don't have a deep point about this but i read a bunch of his snippets and i can understand how he is someone whose exact burnout levels could get through all 700 chapters of this. Okay. Like, he's someone who, at least in his own constructed mythology, and sometimes I just take people on face value on these things, because why the fuck not? Yeah. He's someone who at least has, like, enough of a long-time love of manga. Sure. That even the jump slave minds, <laughs> there's a certain appeal to it to him that might not be there for a Kubo who is cognizant that he is a human being with rights. I just, I just love that... Shonen Jump has sort of become, to the Weebosphere, like, Kessel in Star Wars. It's just that place you don't want to fucking end up. <laughs> it sucks there. You don't want to go there. Fucking monkey's paw land. Okay, so yeah, discussions about Naruto are still way more alive than discussions about Bleach or discussions about One Piece outside of the One Piece fandom. I'm yeah. sure they have a whole lot to say to one another. Um, that's neither here nor there. Uh, I think this is due in no small part to uh, Boruto, but Boruto would not exist had Naruto not remained popular throughout its run. And it, it was, like, immensely popular throughout its run. Probably dipped a little bit, you know, later on, uh, but not in the way that uh, not in the way that Bleach just absolutely fucking tanked, like the fucking Mets halfway through the season, uh, any season. Still I... mad about that. <laughs> it's, a, it's a funny thing, a... Eh? Um, Fun comparison might simply be peak we own the world Pokemon versus cultural institution Pokemon. Yeah, it kind of settled in. Yeah. I, it's no longer the like gigantic mega fad that it was in like the late 90s, but you know, it's just yeah, it's just kind of part yeah, of the cultural tapestry now. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I wouldn't cuz I wouldn't characterize it as like a decline in like the hardcores for Naruto as far as I could tell they were in it for the whole ride. Yeah point of comparison i actually have an intelligent young friend who is super into naruto so he's sort of a bit of my perspective on what a lot of the um fandom is like outside of whatever insulting straw mans we come up with throughout this run 
and there will be there will be a couple of them. So at least that's my perspective on I don't think the sort of I don't know the, the dedicated sector declined that much. No, probably not. But it but it but it's like general peak definitely did die. Sort of with tsunami in a way. Which yeah, is I would, a distribution. I want to say like what sometime after we graduated high school, maybe yeah. around the time that we graduated high school. And um let's see because he's one of the 200 people that actually listens to our podcast uh sorry dude and <laughs> So I said that it remained popular throughout its run, and I said popular because that much is definitely not in question. Now, is Naruto good? (laughs) See, that's where the meat of the issue is. Like, there was a moment where Naruto was synonymous with anime fandom cringe. Like, that, it was just the show that you thought about. It was the jumping on a fast food counter. Exactly. I I guess it's not really indicative of its overall quality. Like, Rick and Morty, it was a very good show. Uh, with one of the cringiest fan bases of the last decade. If it, not, the mm, NFTs might be probably the cringiest fan base of the last decade, but Rick and Morty... Okay, well, the, NFTs is a bad example because there are moral questions. There are moral questions. Okay, Elon Musk. Yeah, okay. Somehow, somehow managed to be a cringier fan base than uh, than Rick and Morty. Good going, guys. And it is, guys. It takes work. It takes work. It's guys and grimes. Only not anymore, I guess. <laughs> All right. This is a podcast about how nice a person I am, by the way. Just But Naruto, right, Naruto, it is a series that definitely has its detractors for reasons unrelated to, uh, unrelated to its fandom's propensity for headbands and vests, uh, and wearing, wearing them to school. <laughs> God, 2009 was a weird fucking time to be alive. When we are at a runtime in an episode where only our fan fans are listening, Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell the Sand Village story. (laughs) It can't be in this episode. It has to be further down. It has to be further down. Like, this needs to be a treat. (laughs) This needs to be a treat. Alright, so I used to count myself among its fans back in the day, and then among its detractors after one case of fight scene blue balls too many towards the end of the anime's orange and blue era. I was gone before he switched fandoms from Astros to Giants. Although, good for him. The Giants have actually won a World Series in their existence. (laughs) Yeah, the sort of discernible eras in the whole Naruto thing are a... Odd thing almost unique to it. Like, I think about, I don't know, other combat manga that ran fucking forever. Like, in, in my head, I sort of break Naruto down to, like, four spheres, right? Like, to me, it's, like, basically... Pre-time skip. Early. Then, to me, there's a, like, sort of post-tune into time skip kind of blob of it. Okay. Then you have time skip iffy era, and then... <laughs> <laughs> era of I don't want to render judgment just yet. I don't want to render judgment just oh, yet yeah. because I I haven't even gotten there yet. I haven't even, get, I've even gotten where I am in the manga. I haven't even gotten to the time skip. Fair. Oh, uh, interesting structural note on our perspectives on this thing. Um, Sam watched a whole lot of it up to basically like a little past the time skip, as far as I can tell. A little bit before the time. A little skip, bit before the time skip. Yeah, and then and then fell off. I. Actually, did not watch much because shonen adaptations to anime have this pacing thing from hell. But I have sped read a ton of it through various archive binges and 4chan threads over time. So I'm a little more, 
a little more familiar with the dips and waves. Sure. So less concentrated focus, I guess, and more I, I have like a lot of dots. There is, and and now we're both rereading these in seventy chapter block. So we're talking about the manga right here. So I'm actually going to, I'm actually going to give all the Naruto fans out there who like love it and think it's great. I'm going to give you a gift. Here's I'm not going to give you shit about filler because I'm reading the manga. I'm not going to give them. Uh, I'm not going to give Naruto any shit about anime filler because. I'm not watching the anime. I don't have that kind of time. So I'm going to judge it purely, purely on what Kishimoto wrote. Just the 702 chapters, and then we will probably watch the movie that he wrote at the end of this, if you're good. Oh, he wrote one of them. Okay. Yeah. Cool. When it comes to filler, I've had this recurring line on this podcast Mm -hmm. about how much I prefer seasonal anime. And I realize that it is just me... Feeling holy freedom from what used to happen to certain action shows. Yes. that That's kind of the fun of playing Bleach Game. Is that sometimes, if you're really good, you will come across one of the barely animated, not just poorly, but barely animated filler episodes. Dude, it's like popsicle sticks of drawings on them. The, the, the fucking dude doing the snake dance that one time. I mean, the you joy. were drunk. I was drunk. You remember Snake Dance Guy, right? Dude who makes snakes appear and they do a little dance. It's so good. <laughs> I don't even remember what the fuck that arc was. All right. All right, okay. well, Kubo's had his lumps on this show, yeah. so let's... Yeah, yeah. That, that wasn't even his fault. He didn't write that. He didn't. <laughs> All right, so nowadays, whatever wounds were there, you know, inflicted by, uh, by Naruto and all the filler even pre-time skip mm-hmm. and you know just flashbacks and talking and talking talking whatever wounds were there have long since healed as i moved on to other shit there were better series and there were much much worse ones <laughs> but naruto both its appeals and its flaws remains a fascinating subject to me it was like long and expansive enough to feel like it had its own history Sort of the way that the Roman Empire did. Um, and that is the way that I like to examine it. Um, less as a critic and more as a historian. Just hunting for Cicero? That being said, that being said, I am no less free of bias than Gibbon was. Uh, there will be a few, hey, that's stupid, why'd he do More than a few, honestly. But I want to try and examine this from, I guess, a historical perspective or, like, the history of manga and the history of shonen manga specifically. Yeah, we're interested in the overview. We're interested with the... I'm Okay, I shouldn't say we. I'm interested in sort of the influences coming in and the exactly, influences yeah. shooting out from this thing. And, like, I want to think Because it's like a fucking prism. I want to think about its contemporaries, too, and, you know, its children. I mean, mm-hmm. Naruto, near as I, near as I can tell has three children that everyone knows about. There is Black Clover, its failed yeah. son. Um, <laughs> there is Boruto, its legitimate heir, I guess, who, you know, he he's kind of daddy's favorite. Uh, and then there is My Hero Academia, who sort of, like, left home early and then made a respectable name for himself and, you know, will only admit that he's Naruto's son if you ask him. Made respectable home for us. But he, yeah. he's like, yeah. you know, he's like Bryce Dallas Howard. You know, tried to call... try to do something outside of the shadow of, you know, its father. I would describe it more like a comic Kate Bishop. Not the show who's kind of a cock of it in an amusing way, but the comic Kate Bishop was sort of better than Clint's. <laughs> well, she's got but, it more together like, than nods, he does. Yeah, more together. But, but like, you know, nods to his influence and respects him. Mm-hmm. There's, there is a mentorship, but she, her, her life is just 
better. better. She's not the horrible glutton for punishment the way that he is. <laughs> we we can talk about Hawkeye, and I enjoyed that series. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. save that for uh, Cape Shit Hell too. Yeah, we can we can we can do Cape Shit Hell at some point, and uh, maybe April Fools this year. I think we will be through this series by then. I think. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. All right, let's begin. You wanted to start with just the pilot, uh, the pilot chapter, right? Oh yeah, I want to start in the pilot chapter one because I, ever since I got this app, I have just paid a lot of attention to these sort of number one stories, mm-hmm. and not always, but a lot of time you can just sort of tell who's got it, so to speak. Sure. Like I, re- I remember reading the first Mashal and just whispering the words, "Why, why, why <laughs> is this happening to me? What did I do?" And I remember reading the first Spy X Family and going, oh, this is clever. This is fun. This is different for even this magazine. And I have no idea why they even fucking took it, but it's popular. It's and... getting an anime. It yeah. did. It got the 19 chapters. That thing is simultaneously one of the most and least anime premises I've had. Whatever. Not important. Chainsaw Man. I don't actually think... He, he fucking gambled on uh, Chainsaw Man because it doesn't actually get like interesting I guess until a few chapters in it requires your faith it required the faith of both the reader and the publisher there's definitely a lot of publisher faith there mm-hmm. their um, sort of teen oriented secondary magazine Jump Plus or whatever the fuck mm-hmm. ran all of Fire Punch which is mentally diseased so an editor there either loves his work or they are gently holding hands under the moonlight maybe he sent them ten chapters and it was like, if you publish these, I promise. But yeah, point there. But yeah, the number ones. I kind of was a little more, I guess, zoomed in at the number one for this narrative experience here, right? I was also thinking about the first chapter in the context of, ooh, this is the first chapter. What does this what does this cell look like? The first chapter actually does capture a lot of what I ultimately ended up or likely I guess will end up liking about this series. Mm-hmm. It sort of best encapsulates the characterization of the kid that I think was part of this thing's early charm. Yeah. It is a little more on point about what is appealing about the ninja stuff. It Yes, and also it, uh... I don't know if I want to start with this now. Because it's going to be a recurring thing throughout all ten of these episodes that we're going to do. Let it recur. The way that all of this shit works... Ninjutsu in universe, magic out of universe, right? Yeah. Is kept to just the scroll that it's found in. (laughs) That's it. That's how it works. It was in a scroll. There. Done. The economical constraints of the one-shot benefited it. I cannot contest that. Wow, would he have just made better movies? Whatever. (laughs) Could be. Maybe he needed less time. (laughs) I know, I heard that The Last is good. And, you know, it's a movie, he wrote it, or was it at the very least very heavily involved in its production? It's, what, like an hour and a half long? I don't know, we'll get there after we finish the manga. And besides um, what's what I like about it, it's also interesting because it does basically, in a very TV pilot way, lay out, like, the major themes that this threw in. 
You get the sense that Iruka is going to be a bigger character than he is. You get the sense to be a way bigger character. You're like, and... oh, cool. These are going to be the two central characters. And then after like the first 12, <laughs> sorry, Iruka, <laughs> you have served your entire purpose. Sorry, the fan polls are in it. It's Kakashi. <laughs> uh, I don't think that that the, wh- wh- what's his fucking name? I know, the villain from the first chapter. I don't think that he was ever intended to be any bigger of a villain than he ends up being. I think, oh, yeah, he, I think he was there for the first chapter. He was there for uh, Naruto to get a clean win, so to speak, yeah. coming in. Because it remembers what... I swear to God, I'll stop making fun of Korra someday. <laughs> but an action-adventure protagonist every now and again has to... So it has, they has have to, to win. one out. <laughs> that aside. I literally think if you adapted Naruto today, that they might actually just have Kakashi the whole time. Yes. I think there is a very good chance that Yuruka gets adapted out entirely. And I know, I know, I'm I'm sure that there is a Naruto nerd listening to this being like, I actually know because Iruka was really, really important to, you know, how Naruto ended up thinking about... I, I, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm telling you, though, if a slick adaptation were made, they would fold those aspects <laughs> of the character into Kakashi. In that, um, hard Narutoian's defense mm-hmm. there is a sort of memory hole between chapters 400 and 600 of this thing <laughs> which i could not tell you with a gun in my mouth <laughs> what the fuck happened <laughs> other than i don't gara's less of a dick now but yeah uh, we'll get to gara okay <laughs> we will definitely get to gara even yeah. in this episode isn't that nice but all right, so this first chapter. Sure. I think the world that he constructs in the first chapter, right? The, you know, sort of ninja world, the the the, uh, the leaf village, right? Konoha... Yeah. Gakuri? Gakuri? Konoha Gakuri? Yeah, I believe that's how it's pronounced. I think that had a non-zero amount of appeal and influence on just how popular this became. Just this sort of odd, very unique look of the place. Just, you know, the big, you know... Mount Rushmore thing overlooking this village that looks like it could be, you know, from medieval Japan or from the 1930s or I don't know. As, as early as the tuning exam arc, you, you see that security cameras exist. It's aesthetically well-placed. It sort of shares that appeal of um, Demon Slayer and choosing a very fun, specific slice of... Well, which slice? Which like it it's a schizo in Nar- it's yeah, schizo yeah. in Naruto, but it's like I just mean a fun balance of yeah. those things. And I, I think the schizo idea is a fun one until they started running into um, having to explain why certain things are the way they are and aren't the way they are. Oh yeah, the smart thing is generally just not to touch that. Yeah, yeah, that like smart thing is it, 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 the world is a very unique looking one, and early on the character designs are pretty routinely. Really fun, kind of interesting, easy to kind of stick in your head. And then I think they stay strong until the Akatsuki show up. Sometimes actually <laughs> almost at chapter 141, which means that I'm not going to be talking about that until uh, the third episode of this. Yeah. So stay tuned. And yeah, it's interesting. I guess a lot of the sort of early aesthetic staples of this show up early on. You have the. Um... Headbands. One of his little side sketch things, by the way, uh, mm-hmm. talks about how when he was doing little one-shots before he got his big Shonen Jump deal, 
an earlier version of stuff of like sort of Naruto's designs and ideas mm-hmm. was about wizards, sorcery, or what have you. Yeah, I remember reading that. And he was originally attached to these goggles Naruto sort of had, and... They take a while to dry, don't they? Yes, yes. He decided <laughs> that instead of daily urethral pain... <laughs> That he would make nice headbands for There's little headbands that, like, they, they can be drawn in five minutes. There's something... Okay, I don't know if I want to credit her because who she is and, you know, the things that she says and, you know, the influence that she wields and thus why the things that she says are so awful. But Naruto, I think, became as popular as it did in part because of the Hogwarts house appeal... Of oh, oh the... it totally gets those permutations. Like, it knows that's a type of catnip for people. Like, you have... Like, oh, here's the Leaf Village. If you're from the Leaf Village, here's a list of things that you can associate with. This is the Sand Village. Here's a list of things... Like, th- that. That whole idea. And, like, it's yeah. like how people talk about their fucking Harry Potter house like it's a fucking astrological sign. Um, I will routinely have people say to me that I am such a Slytherin, and I, I, I hate it, but I cannot deny what a powerful piece of, I guess, semiotics, uh, cultural shorthand it has become. Oh yeah, when something in this sort of 10-year slice of media can understand that weird coke-like appeal MBTI shit has to people. Yeah, exactly, and uh, Naruto has that. It's devious almost, it's genius, really. Posing the question to the reader which one would you be? And, like, giving them a reasonably sized list of things where it's not so small where you're either one or the other. No, it's big enough that you can still feel kind of unique by, you know, the choice that you make. On the sort of genius to devious spectrum, I will say that that element of it does not make my spine hurt. No, 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 not at all. I think it... No, I'd actually call it it one of the series' more uh, stronger aspects. It does help with some of the character shorthand. Like, you just generally assume... Life in the Sand Village sucks. This person's probably a little more hard edge. Mm-hmm. I've been does... reading about the various villages. I guess the Rock Village is... They've, they've kind of just got this uh, this complex. I do not remember that. Maybe that's in the Dead Zone. It might be in the Dead Zone. There was, I, I think they start showing up 200-some chapters in. I remember when the rapping black guy shows up. I thought it was so fucking stupid I didn't even think it was racist. <laughs> I was like, what? Like, I was just stuck at rapping ninja. <laughs> I couldn't even... <laughs> like, that... The thought... You you sort of had to get through the aneurysm... Yeah. ...that that caused. Moving forward. That's great. So, pretty early on... Uh, Pretty early on, like I want to say less than 10 chapters in, we are introduced to Sasuke and Sakura. Uh, two characters who have been... Oh man, has there been some capital D discourse about both of these characters? Sakura is a really interesting one to yes, talk I... about. It's really wrapped up, the whole discourse around her by people over time. In the fact that anime nerds are not good... At talking about women, and amidst all that, it's also easy to miss that her character also does actually, in fact, suck. (laughs) It's not the Breaking Bad thing, where there's actually a decent idea behind the character, and it, like, makes sense to the economy of the thing. Like, no, no, man, Sakura's a fumble. (laughs) Yes, I... 
Do we want to start by talking with her? We already seem to be. I read this one bit of commentary once. I'm not going to credit myself with coming up with this. Where, like, the... <laughs> the whole Sakura hate them, right, is a result of the hyper-exposure of Naruto over the period of 15 years and hyper-hyper-exposure over, I want to say, the period of, like, when the anime started coming out, I think that was, like, 2003, 2004, to roughly... 2010 or so, right? That was, like, the highest period of... Or not the... That was, that was the sort of peak period of Naruto hyper-exposure, right? I think there's something to that. Hear me out here. Think of Garfield. Just anodyne jokes. Yeah. And let's imagine there are three core pets instead of two. Fuck normal. No one cares. Mm-hmm. Garfield. Anodyne food jokes. Odie. Anodyne butt monkey jokes. Yeah. And they just add a fish that farts loudly every time it's on the page. <laughs> and, like, you open a newspaper and you actually hear and smell the fart. <laughs> well, uh, not every time. I, it's, it's, I don't love the analogy because Sakura does not actively blow in the way that her hatedom sort of seems to think that she does. It's, it's just that you've got... Naruto and Sasuke, right? Two extremely active characters who, for better or for worse, like, take an active role in the way that the story goes. And then Sakura, who is always there, but never actually seems to be doing anything. Uh, okay, most so maybe... of the discourse is over how she's not as good. Like, that is that is one of the, one of the primary things. Now, early on, early on, the whole deal is she's the smartest one of the three. And then something happens to her character, which does her a disservice that never there, goes away, which is they introduce Kakashi, who is also oh yeah. smart and learned, and they and like thus oh. she has no reason to be anymore. Also, when you say someone's like the smart one, mm-hmm. you know, the idea is, you know, they do smart things, they notice things, yada, yada, that's their function in the story. The way he writes fights, not incorrect, you can totally do this. Mm-hmm. But pretty much the way he writes fights, the winner is pretty much by default the smart guy. They figure things out. They deconstruct their opponent. They see what's happening. Oh, he's a pu- he's he is into the whole like puzzle box versus puzzle box shit. Sure, yeah, like it's and the JoJo model. Her getting the shit whipped out of her often makes her look dumb. <laughs> no, that none of this is incorrect. And that sort of comes into play in their cell dynamic because Sasuke's whole ace thing, you know, killer app guy, yeah, often just involves fucking Sherlock angles or whatever. It's that, and I think every time they give Sakura a niche, they then introduce or have already introduced someone who's better at it and has more to do with the story than she does. So, Which actually gets me to my better soccer metaphor. Sure. As you might have known from watching a fair bit of Weeaboo Hell, listening who gives a shit. We're, not, we're never doing the video format. I, oh, God, I edit no, over no. so many flubs. Well, sometimes I'll just say like really terrible stuff that I just take out. <laughs> not important. <laughs> what is important. I also watch a lot of wrestling. Mm-hmm. And I can't unsee it now. Sakura just keeps getting stuck with death gimmicks. Inner Sakura. Okay, yeah. Is like a one-off joke. Or could be like a one-off joke. 
I guess people thought it was funny and that's why it's kept being there. Who are people? Introduce me to people. No, fans. There's a lot of them. Okay. Here's how much of a black hole the whole soccer thing. Also, because she keeps getting buried like a wrestler often does in combat. That's not the word. How big of a black hole the soccer discourse is. Mm-hmm. It is also eating this episode. So I want to zoom out on the dynamic here a bit. Sure. Because for maybe 40 of the chapters here, Kishi's very interested in building in, in like building this triangle of this, these three. Yes. So the thing that he does more skillfully here... And later on it becomes, for thousands of years, there has been a dichotomy of two. Is this thing that people enjoyed so much in Naruto. And it was a thing before. People enjoyed it so much in Naruto, it just became a general anime thing. Mm-hmm. But just the schlub and the ace. But, like, the hardworking, overcome-the-whatever schlub. Okay. And, like, the guy the born of everything. Perfect, but born still is... with it, kind of. Yeah, so, you know, you're, you're Naruto and you're Sasuke, respectively. Yeah. I had just negative psychic leftovers of it. So mm-hmm. I was surprised to come back to it and find when I was reading these 70 chapters that I was not bothered with how it was presented or executed or anything. I'm, and I'm interested in seeing, is that hype backlash? Is that a change in me? Or does this just get way worse? I think it gets way worse. Because there are problems with Naruto early on. I don't think that Sasuke is one of them. He becomes a problem, for sure, later on. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, but insofar as the first 70 chapters that we're talking about right here, he is effective in what he does. He is effective in the role that uh, that Kishimoto has given him. Sakura almost immediately becomes obsolete as soon as she is introduced. Which... Her second death gimmick, and it sends a lot of girls in the series, but particularly her. Yeah, yeah that's she... a pattern, actually. We can talk about that. She gets the teen girl squad. I have a crush on everybody. <laughs> yes, it's it's certainly one way to use your character real estate. One one of the ways in which Sakura is defined early on and in truth throughout the entire run of Naruto is as an object of desire for no less than three characters. I remember. The sad thing is, it's not even a bad emotional beat in isolation, but for someone who is going to be a relatable thread of the thing. Mm-hmm. One of her early burials, in wrestling speak again, mm-hmm. is when she comes out to Sasuke after one of just their early interactions, say, Man, isn't Naruto McDeadparents a shitbird? And he gets to go over, because he's like, Actually, losing your family sucks ass. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I know the rules of drama, their kids, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, I keep using the term burial because I'm here being like, how's she supposed to come back from this? Yeah, they, they, they did her dirty. <laughs> if there's one problem that starts early and continues on up through you know the 700 plus chapters that this manga you know ran, it is the Sakura character. Who I'm going to sort of compare her to Mako. Uh, from Legend of Korra, and that in concept, there is nothing wrong with her character. You just sort of, she just, and I don't want to use too much re- wrestling speak here, um, <laughs> because I was about to say that she just keeps doing jobs. Um, but every time someone needs 
too stuck for something else to happen that needs to happen, she is almost inevitably the one who is given that unenviable task. And it does... It's a rough place. Pretty irreparable damage to her credibility <laughs> in ways that I do not think that she deserved. Uh, and this is sort of a microcosm of what happens with the entire female cast in Naruto. I'm trying to think of who the exceptions were. The funniest one. Mm-hmm. The first or second line that that Kurunai lady has in this, someone interrupts her, but basically, actually, actually you're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just make sure <laughs> that it's clear that you suck at this, <laughs> and I know better. Um, Which made me sort of laugh my sort of gonads off in the metastructure thing, but who are... The exceptions. Well, here's let's to talk memory. About, I could be wrong. Well, let's talk about the female characters who show up in the first seventy chapters. Oh yeah, that's point. Yeah, there are three. All right, so we've got Sakura, Ino, and Hinata, Jobber Sound Lady. Four, I guess. Three characters who like Math. are there. Yeah, who are there throughout the series? Jobber Sound Lady goes away pretty quickly, uh, and she. Not really to her credit. She jobs as hard as the other two. <laughs> uh, the other two oh, sound trio. Oh, Uncle gets some time and also jobs. She jobs, yeah. But Ino and Hinata, right, are also kind of defined by, like, their inadequacy and their sense of inadequacy. Um, we don't get so much into uh, Hina's interiority in the first 70, but I, I, I can, we can no, cross, not we yet. Can, we can cross over it a little. It doesn't matter. No, she does. She doesn't fight Neji until after the first seventy, right? Yeah, yeah. In the sort of starter seventy here, it's more about her having this whole shrinking, violet thing with Naruto. And here's a weird thing about um manga and anime. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you got this. It's not its fault because this is time. Mm-hmm. In terms of semiotics and presentation, today everything about her makes keeps making me think we're gonna do a Yandere thing. And I know we're not because I've read this. Maybe it's just really funny. I'm not sure that I got that from her. Or at least I just keep on thinking it would be great if they did, but... Not great, but... Hinata's a weird character. A little bit You were making a point. Yeah, I I know that... You know, she doesn't get it quite as bad as Sakura, because... A, Ino is understood to be a less important character than Sakura, so when she doesn't show up as often as Sakura is supposed to, because, like, Sakura's... Always, like, right there in all of, like, the little fun splash illustrations that he draws, you mm-hmm. know, at the beginning of Tonkabons, right? Yeah. Um, when she doesn't show up as often as not, it's because, oh, yeah, that's fine. Because she's off, you know, with her squad doing her squad things, right? Even so, though, she is, I believe in the text, described to be the weakest member of her squad. <laughs> with, like, one cool party trick, and that's basically it. Her squad, it's Shikamaru and Eating Guy, right? Shikamaru and Eating Guy, and then it's Bug Guy and Dog Guy and Hinata Squad. Yes, yeah, Shikamaru and Choji. So, taking the time to establish her as the weakest member of her squad is funny to me. Because she has, like, a focus fight. And Eating Guy does... Eating Guy is right behind 10-10 on the... <laughs> characters he just decided he didn't give a shit about. <laughs> Which I get. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the thing of the female characters you were saying. Yeah, they all get that. They all fucking get that. Like, 
we we could we could go into Hinata and um, Tsunade, especially after uh, in our in a third episode is when we're going to talk about her. I think it's an interesting, very specific point in the development of how we treat sort of women in these kids action adventure things. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because it's so it's very past... much of its time. Inter- yeah, it's very much of its time because it's past the point where they are just not there. Like he's not balking or they just <laughs> disappear from the environment. Or, you know, like even part if- three of uh Jojo part three where there there is only one named female character who shows up for more than one episode. And they're past the point in like the sort of fantasy bracket where they're not like involved in magic world fights or whatever. Because mm-hmm. Naruto's like in this sort of early slot where they are there and they have fights and places in the hierarchy and those places aren't great. <laughs> <laughs> they are done dirty. Uh, yes. It's, um, you could compare it to like the divas era. <laughs> if we're, if we're going to continue making Was wrestling there? references here. Yeah. Yeah, not to jump ahead again, but was, was there a girl in Akat whatever, Akatsuki? Yeah, one. There was one. She didn't show up until way the fuck later. Her thing was origami. It's it's not interesting. <laughs> um, to be fair, that organization, he said like, yeah, brother, shark guy, explosions. Plants. Fuck. <laughs> Plant. Uh, this guy makes jokes, I guess. Um, He's pain. He's got like a lot of body... Shirt origami? <laughs> I know. There there is an issue with this series that I refer to as combat grass whistling, uh, which is he will come up with a gimmick that is not interesting and then he will go on about this gimmick and how interesting it apparently is. Alright, so I'm gonna I'm gonna reel it in this for a sec. And it yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna reel it in a sec because we're sort of going through the core the core triangle here. Yeah. So yeah, that's Sakura's thing. That's, that's all Sakura. weirdness around the girls in this, right? She she like he just he thinks that having them be there is all the work that he needs to do, and it's it's just not. It's almost it's almost worse that they are there and suck um, than if they were just not there at all. Yeah, it, and it, like that would have been bad too. Uh, he just yeah, the, the work is never just, done. Just just genres of bad treatment there. Mm-hmm. So again, as I was saying earlier, what works just way better than I remember, and I guess it's more of a later problem, is that the character of Sasuke is relatively well balanced. Yeah, I mean... I he's... remember my favorite moment for this kid Yeah, was just in the middle of... Actually, one of the segments of this whole comic I like the best. Yeah. There's this um thing during their whole tune-in examination, right? I think it's towards the beginning of the Towards the beginning, right? right? Yeah. yeah. And they have this test that's actually an intelligence gathering exercise in disguise, or it's essentially a test where they are expected to cheat, but if they get caught cheating, they're out because they're fucking ninjas, and he remembers that here, and that's kind of fun and cool. Yeah, that's kind of fun. And I remember just my favorite moment of all the Sasuke of this early stuff is just he goes, hit with this cool guy face, and goes, I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. (laughs) 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 That's nice. That has... A little bit of levity, character. He is not afraid to have the character, you know, have deficiencies at all. Yeah. Um, I guess, like, on paper deficiencies in this case. Right, right. Um, like, I guess literally on paper because they're taking a test. Um, <laughs> but, like, you know, something that he ranks lower in, right? Later on, there seems to be some amount of hesitation 
you know, when presented with the idea that he is bad at anything. Um, but I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here. But, you know, yeah, no, early Sasuke is a character who works. I like him. I think, like, he, he I, I think that he is a good foil to Naruto in that he, you know, instead of, you know, he takes himself way too seriously, whereas, mm-hmm. you know, Naruto struggles to take anything seriously. And both of these things are treated as flaws, right? Yeah, both treating as flaws. They're both sort of laid out as fun coping mechanisms, basically. Yeah, because they, you know, they come from quite similar places and they ended up, you know, having, like, very kind of polar opposite uh, reactions to, you know, those two similar places that they find themselves. I mean, there is nuance, right? Naruto never knew his family, and Sasuke knew his family long enough to see all of them die. It's interesting, and, like, building this structure, he, like, thought of a whole fun dichotomy thing he wanted to do, and then he stared at the paper and said, three man cells. (laughs) Uh, Maybe. Maybe I'm not being fair there. No, I don't want to actually give him the credit of saying that he was because like from the beginning he was not doing enough work with sakura Mm. so i'm not going to say that there was like early on oh yeah there was all this fun dramatic potential with sakura i don't know that there was he didn't put it there something we haven't emphasized as much i I should have covered this when i was talking about the first chapter but since we're talking about core um like triangle dynamics and characterizations here because they're basically what will be a big part of the foundation of what ends up working and not working in parts of this overall. Yeah. We also talk a little, a little bit more about who, how Naruto is presented. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> so he's only the guy that this series is named after. Yeah. Though you wouldn't know from chapters 50 to 60. That's the problem that you run into when you've got this many characters is that often like you can only fit so many of them on one page. It is very true. He try he definitely goes for that loads and loads thing. And man, these are 25 page chapters. So, early Naruto here. Mm-hmm. The thing that just worked for me about it, and I think it's just part of what pulled a lot of people in, there are a lot of renditions in anime of the sort of rebel without a cause kind of thing. Yeah. But there was something very specific and grokable about this, like the delinquent prankster kind of thing. Yeah. That I think pulled people in in a way that or used to sort of broodier delinquents in anime, basically. Yeah, he was... A lot of effort is made to sort of emphasize the whole trickster aspect, right? Because, you know, he's a fox, right? Yeah, because he's a fox. He's, and... he's like, he's he's crafty early on. I think at one point in an early chapter, he even seems to get one over on Sasuke and like ties him up in a shed or something like that. Yeah, and that's also another fun part of his character before is Homer Simpsoning, is yeah. what I would call it. Oh yeah, like jerk ass Homer. Yes, uh, the what less, happens? Less jerk ass, more IQ. Well, yeah. Now the what starts as he is a delinquent who does not pay attention becomes he is stupid uh, because that's I think I know I guess it's easier to write. It's faster to write. Flanderization is a very strange thing. I. I'm not sure what to. I'm not sure what to attribute it to. If you want it to be unkind, you could say that maybe he just like let it go or forgot over time. I'm not sure because your head is sort of really into things you're creating. Yeah, there's something to be said for ease or just needing quick character tags as you're moving through an episode of such and such. Yeah. Or maybe it's he just felt it was good for the character poles to go. To do, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> There's another potential thing, like, 
I do wonder if he was dumber in anime filler than he is in plot segments because you had a fun insight in text that I'm going to steal because that's a thing. A lot of characters come off worse than filler than they do in this actual comic. Particularly, I know you noted Eno was. You, you said you remembered her being way more unpleasant. Oh yeah, she was way more of a fucking bitch in the anime. <laughs> and I just wonder if how much of that is just coming up with stray lines to expand this to infinity. Could be the dub too. Specifically in the dub, I remember three characters being way more unpleasant than they really seem to be in the manga. Mm-hmm. Um. So maybe it's a voice acting thing. Maybe it's a specifically English voice acting thing. I don't know. Maybe it was also that way in Japanese. I wasn't watching this. It was on fucking Toonami. <laughs> you want to be all fucking like gatekeepy weeb about it? Go go ahead. But, you know, I was watching it on Toonami. I was not, I had not found a streaming site yet. Anyway, I remember Ino, Kiba, and Shino. Did they really have to name one character Ino and one character Shino? I, you know what? Actually, I I don't want to bust his chops because I never had problems uh, telling them apart. So, fine. Yeah. Fuck it. Fine. Fine name. They're both fine names. I remember them all being way the fuck more unpleasant. Uh, specifically in the tuning exam arc. Uh, in the anime than they were in the manga. In the manga, specifically Ino and Sakura. They are friends. They are good friends. Who are also rivals and they understand that and they respect one another. Yeah, I know. I remember this now. The dub basically reduced that the, at times. Like the dub seems to think that Eno was at one point Sakura's friend, but now is just her bully. I don't get how that happened. I can't blame it on localization. Do I blame deadlines? Do I blame the fault in our stars and the human spirit? God, maybe I don't know. Here's the thing: it's been more than a decade since I watched the anime. Am I just misremembering it? That's no, possible. that was, like, a really specific thing, though, is just how unpleasant these characters were being. Like, you would think that Kiba had been bullying Naruto for years, but it seemed like in flashbacks they seemed to hang out, like, quite a bit. And he was, like, doing the usual amount of, like, combat taunting during the two of their fights, you know, in the second round, third round, whatever of the Chunin exam arc, but, like, not, like, an unreasonable amount. Not like to the point like you're useless and you'll always be useless and here's Neji to say the same thing but in a different voice. Well, let's consider the arrow with that. Okay. Because these this is from a wave of adaptations that were occasionally chastised for taking liberties. Mm-hmm. Sometimes to the work's detriment. Yeah. And this could be obviously isn't on the level of say, I don't know, turning a fucking one piece gun into a weird spring loaded hammer. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> But this could just be a, just a small localization version of that where, like, okay, you know, smooth this over. Make this more of, like, a bullying kind of thing or whatever. Could be. Just, like, to, I don't know. Who's to say what's fair to say? We're yeah, I, d- to I say. don't love when nuance is flattened like that. Yeah. Then there was Shino, who I remember being, sounding almost psychotic in the anime. I would almost attribute that to a non-censorship version of that kind of, like, weird localization filtering because he has a gross gimmick and I could see a just a thinly brained oh just like the ADR guy being like and he's really fucking into killing you with bugs and then handing it to the voice actor and be like you want to be a real <laughs> psycho about this <laughs> kind of a silent badass <laughs> kind of a silent <laughs> speaking of a silent badass 
he goes over way more in this than I remember. Yeah, no, Cheetah's kind of a fucking G. He's got a a really good win-loss ratio. And for the last wrestling comment I'll make in the next 40 seconds, Mm -hmm. it just reminds me of, like, his specific balance of screen time and win-loss ratio reminds me of, like, when there's a visitor from another promotion. (laughs) Like when Jon Moxley goes to Japan. Yeah, yeah. He'll always go over in Japan. Basically just goes over until, like, there's some hot shot they want to get into the upper card. And then, you know, he will he will let them go over and then he will go home. Um, but I don't... I'm going to have to read through it, but I'm, I'm going to keep a tally of Shino's win-loss ratio <laughs> throughout this entire thing. Because I'm pretty sure that if you look at the numbers, at least for the era that I was watching, he's up there. It makes sense. It makes sense. Alright, so, so we're talking about... In the first 70 episodes, we are introduced to Orochimaru, and we need to fucking talk about this guy, because he's going to be important until well after the time skip. So there's something they did really early with him that I liked. What's that? And it's because of a silly sense of humor, mm-hmm. but just a good joke. Yeah. Anko, his former protege or whatever, is trying to do like a... I'm a sick fucking guy spot with the tongue thing, mm-hmm. and he comes in if his fucking crackhead long magic tongue and does a better version of the same of the same fucking thing <laughs> that made me smile she just put off by it which is cool fucking Anka the dumb way... thing with that though dumb really thing, dumb yeah. thing with that or maybe it's just a fridge thing maybe I shouldn't worry about it maybe yeah. it's a general ninja thing in their world as it goes on he's pretty much tongue man and known for it so I really have to ask what his former protege was thinking with her brain meets that she did not make him the second he pulled that shit yeah, no, it could be. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's just that he decided to do that more as he, you know, went on writing it, and thus, in retrospect, it doesn't make as much sense. Fair enough. Or maybe you could just headcanon that he's super into this human modification nonsense, and he just did that to himself over time. Well, one thing that I on. kind of liked about his character, uh, and he does it at least twice, you know, in the first, you know, during the tuning exam arc and into the arc after it, where probably even more than twice, like probably like three or four times, where it will turn out that some character who you thought was another character was actually Orochimaru in disguise. And given that this is a show about ninjas, that's a cool trait for an antagonist to have. It is. It is. There is a um, certain complaint. I actually don't share it super strongly because I think it's a little prescriptive and this thing is long enough that it could sort of layer its villains. And Shonen is often known for just layering villains anyway. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people felt that he could and should have been the main antagonist and i get that i think that this is a case of people having trouble expressing a different feeling Uh, he still was last like when i dropped the series i know that he did not stay the main antagonist but i think that it's maybe just a misplacement of the fact that where we ended up was underwhelming i think that that's just a very specific prescription for trying to fix that See, I think that his motives were not interesting enough for him to be the main antagonist for the series. Uh, I thought that he was a good an antagonist, but not a good the antagonist. He had the kind of interesting snake thing, and that that was that was kind of fun. But in terms of his personality, who he was and what he wanted, it just seemed to be that he wanted power, and he was a gigantic fucking dick. <laughs> uh, just... 
serious dick in flashbacks even gigantic like just just a massive penis. Just, just just can't stop just can't, cannot <laughs> stop like we'll just just wakes up every day and says, how can I make someone's life worse? And after he does it, says, shit, I need to tie this to science somehow. Okay, think, man, think. Like, there's this flashback when Tsunade is introduced where, you know, we, we saw that how, you know, her brother and her lover just died. And here's Orochimaru in this flashback, still a good guy, literally taunting her over her fucking little brother's death. <laughs> like, calm down. You, you need to calm down. <laughs> It wants some symmetry between the uh, the whole Sanyan trio people and how Squad 3 is composed. And it doesn't quite hold water because Orochimaru should have been strangled the day the first time he opened his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> there, yeah, no, there's just... It doesn't mean anything when a character turns evil if they were always clearly evil to begin with. <laughs> it so, would be like if the first thing that Sasuke did was just lick a knife and split his tongue down the middle. Exactly. There, There's this whole idea of like, oh, Rujimaru, you could have been the best of us. No, you were always the worst of us. <laughs> so it's why he only really works as a bad guy rather than the bad guy, you know? Yeah, yeah. There's also this thing involving Orochimaru that they are doing in these first 70 chapters that becomes the seed of problems for later is that I do believe that Kishimoto wrote Sasuke, wrote Naruto like the former was going to turn evil eventually and they were going to be, you know, like that was going to be at the heart I don't get the, the feeling that that was not the plan yet. It's like yeah. structurally that was in there. Always going to be the plan. But because this was only going to be the plan, and perhaps because maybe I can blame Shonen Jump for this, right? Because that was going to be the plan, or that was always the plan, he seems to be in this real fucking rush to turn Sasuke grimdark. Dude, it is so pointed. I know he wants a slide. It's structured in a way that there could have been a slide. Mm Mm-hmm. But it just feels like this break point where Sasuke gets his ass beat once and then goes, the darkness within me is rising. <laughs> I'm like, who are you? Exactly. It's, it's, it's starting as early as the tuning exam arc. I think one of the reasons, one of the reasons that the um the, the Land of Waves arc with, you know, the uh, the swordsman guy. And yeah, the Zabuza. Ice, yeah. yeah, Zabuza and uh, Haku, right? Is yeah. as well regarded as it is, is because you get to see these three characters in their element before all of the problems that end up consuming the series, or at the very least tarnishing it, uh, become apparent or even... Um, Terminal. Well, no, no, less less than apparent. Uh, even get seeded within, like, the narrative, right? Like, Sasuke is naturally talented and kind of too self-serious, but ultimately, you know, like a friend and comrade of Naruto, right? Naruto right. is, you know... Has attention deficit disorder, uh, kind of doesn't take shit as seriously as he should be taking it, but, you know, does have, you know, like a strength within him and, you know, is able to access that when he actually gives a shit. You know, Sakura is intelligent, is learned, can kind of figure things out faster than the two of them. Again, her problems do start... They, They do show up. She spends... The entire Zabuza fight in the dejected, sad area of the dragon ball commentary desk yes which is whether you love or hate or whatever dvz mm-hmm. i think we all need to agree that whenever that happens in anything else it is always 
just sad. <laughs> oh, just getting relegated to the fucking cack, not cack rot, uh, to the Krillin. Krillin, no, cr- yeah, Krillin. Tien Shinan, just the, the non-Saiyan bench. Yeah, the, who are, you know, there to talk about what's happening. Kishimoto just has the unfortunate side effect that it happens to everyone in one gender. <laughs> If you've ever worked at a restaurant, there's this uh, there's this saying that everyone does dishes. Because <laughs> at, at one point or another, you're going to get stuck there your entire shift doing the dishes, right? Right. Um, and everyone does end up commentating at one point or another. But you will see that maybe, it is Sakura who ends up in that chair more often than not. It's Maybe it's just particularly rough in the... Zab is a thing because the other three are fighting for their lives. And she's kind of chilling. Here here's the thing. He's got he's got his fans, and I'm not one of them. Um <laughs> So I'm probably gonna get some shit for this, but ultimately I think it was a bad idea to create the um Kakashi character. Or at least insofar as Sakura goes, right? If you wanted to have Sakura be a character and do interesting things then you needed to find another another way than Kakashi, right? To go about having them, you know, like, have a teacher, mentor, leader, or something like that. Because he immediately eats up whatever screen time or page time she was ever going to have. And this so might I'm be a thinking, popularity poll problem, too. I'm thinking about this right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, so structurally, this is a weird comparison, but... Structurally, Kakashi is actually kind of like All Might in that he's basically our glimpse at the sort of maximum potential until like, things is, get until things cool get dumb could be, yeah. until things get kind of dumb. But he's sort of the glimpse of like the maximum potential of like a performer in this setting. Sure, yeah. And I'm now I'm trying to think like how things I consider more successful treat that kind of character. Um, they I make think... it they eyedropper it rather than spoon feeding it, right? Uh, All Might shows up sometimes in Hiroaka, right? But, like, he's not as... He's not quite as omnipresent as uh, Kakashi and then later on Jiraiya is. I think that one thing that things I consider more successful to do, it can be kind of a blunt device. Sometimes you can see it happen, but it benefits the characters. Is it just... There's just sort of some zoning of the conflict. Because I don't think All Might is actually in it less than Kakashi, but there is almost a... Just weight division. <laughs> sure. In Hiroaka. Like, the, the the small players basically get to do their things in the small zone in, fights. In small ways, yeah. And meanwhile, Kakashi and Sakura sort of standing next to each other. Sakura like, I think that... That is clearly... <laughs> just You can just almost, like, palm on face, palm shove on face aside shove, yes. the physical motion that I made. That was hilarious, but this is a podcast that I'm sorry. I see your point... I'm not sure that not having Kakashi is the solution because then, again, the way he writes fights, even the way that Sasuke comes off as smarter than her would still kind of fuck up. The problem is he just does not have things for her to do. For her to do Creative is out of shit for Sakura. Yeah. In my, yes. in my, in my view, I don't want to like say No, no, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily disagree with you, no. As, as far as I'm thinking of like whether Kakashi is good or bad for this comic, I think I actually disagree... With you in that I think the things that are wrong with this don't really 
I don't think they're exacerbated by his presence, and at least he's fun enough. But no, he, when I think of what the, the the problem you pointed though, there is some evidence in your favor because mm-hmm. Jujutsu Kaisen takes heavily after its forebears. Yeah, and all the problems you're implying about Kakashi, to me, from what I've read, seen, apply very heavily to a spiritual successor in fucking Bandana Man. I don't remember his fucking name. Oh yeah, no blindfold guy. But in that he sort of. He has the same role of, like, implying the sort of upper-tier performance, but he also eats air from other characters in a way where it's like, and now it's back to these dip fucks. Yeah. I cannot remember if that problem gets worse in later chapters. We're gonna see. Um, insofar as what I have read, it does not, mostly because Kakashi's role ends up getting kind of eclipsed by Jiraiya's role up until the time skip. Mm. Um, and then after the time skip... I'm aware of some stuff that happened after the time skip. There's a little bit less emphasis on uh, Kakashi's role as mentor than there is on senior compatriot, I think. Yeah. And I think that's one reason it's it's interesting or important to try to break this down into sort of 70 chapter bits. Because I think if you look at the whole thing, we wouldn't be thinking about this as much. But We would be all over the place, I want too. to remind you people, by the way. We all 70 have... chapters or something is a lot of something. It's a lot, yeah. There is at least one entire arc kind of fit within that, right? The whole Land of Waves arc. Yeah. Uh, the bridge arc. Oh. And a lot of that arc takes place on that bridge. <laughs> I think the, the other reason the Land of Waves things is so well remembered is just it's just a taught forward standards thing. Yeah, yeah, the story, you know, has a beginning, middle, and end, and it never seems to outstay its welcome. Although I do remember them dragging shit out in the anime. Like, remember, mm. like, that thing that happens that... Kind of still happens in um, in adaptations of manga where the last few minutes of one episode will end up becoming the first few minutes of the next episode. Yeah. Um, Attack on Titan did that for a little while when there was not a whole lot of material to work with. I've noticed that they don't really do it anymore. Naruto did the fuck out of it, such to the point where when I was watching it, I would literally just skip ahead three minutes every episode because I knew it was just going to be a recap of the last episode and often longer than three era. minutes. Um, it's, man, there was economical shit right there. <laughs> uh, so because I did not have to deal with that, I, uh, had a whole lot more fun with the Land of Waves arc this time around. We've been kind of going on about this series and its problems and its deficiencies, but I do have fun reading this overall Actually, so far. You know what? I think we should, just because we are negative fucks and, and the sort of shadow future things are going over and there is a lot to enjoy here. Mm-hmm. I think maybe we should just specifically lay out positives. The positives? Naruto is an extremely entertaining character. Naruto is an extremely entertaining character. Like, the... There's nothing that I really actively dislike about him. Really, I think like it's sometimes a shame when they like lean on the whole, he doesn't get this yet because he's dumb thing. I don't love that, but they don't really do it as often as they did in the filler episodes of the series. So When I really enjoy this kid is when it's constructed as he is super impetuous. Yeah rather than dumb yes and like when this this series is at his is at its best when they remember that it's weird because i don't like it when it's on a text level but there's a thing that just works well continuously as a subtext level and that this is supposed to be a silent cynical dejected world that he just is not that guy Mm -hmm. and refuses to be that guy and that's a fun idea that's a fun yeah characterization that works yeah 
The character designs are so fun. The character, the character designs are a lot of fun. Kishimoto has a good eye for it. I was just going to say, as a general... I don't know a technical term for this, but he has a good eye for just aesthetic hooks yeah. for things. Things that... Like, you can kind of fixate on and be like, ooh, that right there is really fucking cool. Things, like, yeah. Like, Naruto's... I'm, I'm going give, to give some examples that I thought, like, really fucking worked. The entire design of Naruto's face headband, it all comes together really well in, like, such a way that, like, it, it is as easy to sort of... Not fixate on, but, like, I don't know. It's like Mickey Mouse. Yeah, I was actually going to compare it to, like, cartoonists. Because, yeah. like, he basically just knows conveying, like, character information through visuals pretty through well. Visuals, like, yeah. it's, 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 a strength, it's a strength of the series. And just, like, fun, like, visual ideas in the character design. Like, uh, Gara's Gourd, I always thought, was just a really cool idea for his character design. My my joke about um the series and the positive would be that just that Kishimoto knows how to accessorize. He does, yes. Uh, Gara's Gourd, um, the whole sunglasses hood combo that... Oh, wait, it's not a hood yet. The sunglasses collar combo that Shino has. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that kind of deal. That kind of thing, the... Shikamaru's it's so, hair. It's so dumb, but I like how it looks. The fucking fan. I love the Tamari fan. Oh, Tamari thing. fan. Yeah, the Tamari <laughs> fan is really cool. Like, um, if I think about it for too long, like, what? But no, no, it, 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 it works for me. I don't know, man. I'm a weep. While we are on the subject of Shikamaru, I'm gonna just be upfront with my biases right here. Shikamaru is my favorite character in this manga. Always sort of has been. Like... Even when I got down on Naruto, I always loved him and his character and, like, the way that he was. And there's this one particular chapter that we're going... Or not chapter. There's one particular page that we're going to get to in the second episode that I think is probably why. But mm-hmm. just just his not being into any of this. I want to settle down with an average wife running exactly, easy yeah. missions. <laughs> Have kids, have them take care of me when I'm older, and then die happy, hopefully before my wife. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very, it's very enjoyable. He uh, has, I don't know he has that voice down pat, and he doesn't get um, it's me bendered. No, he doesn't. They, for whatever reason, um, they're way more careful about the way that they use him, uh, and that he is always sort of. He never becomes obnoxious. He's always allowed to feel like he's not getting, um... Overexposed? Not overexposed. Like, he's not getting his credibility sacrificed so that, you know, this antagonist right here can feel like more of a threat. Mm. I guess the, uh, the TV Tropes term is warped. Um, yeah. It's rare that I see that happen to him. He, he's a really well-done side character, and, uh... I, you know, he just has, like, an attitude. It's not that amazingly complicated. He's not that complex of a character. But he has, like, these simple elements that work so very well together. Little things that probably just made this thing more toyetic and more of a money machine in terms of how good he is at these little accessory things. Like, the windmill shuriken thing. Yeah, that's fun. I like that. He knows the whole ninja setting has a lot of opportunity for him to just flex that yeah no he does like a whole lot to make the world that they live in very visually interesting like from the design of you know the world itself to just the various props i guess accessories you were saying that everyone kind of just has i think 
his strength in that area even sets up some of the amusing cringe that came from the community because he came with the fun little hand sign thing. Oh yeah, people would uh, people do that sometimes. People would do that sometimes, or like, or like the little running um, look he liked to do. People oh, well, would do like, that. Run with your hands behind you, and like that became like the Area Fifty One joke. Yeah, yeah. People just could not grasp the difference between like fun cartooning tricks and the world that you and I live in on a day to day basis. Uh, the headbands. Yeah. Oh man, don't. You're not going to want to wear those. Like, even today. Even today, I think it is kind of socially unacceptable to wear a fucking Naruto headband out. It's kind of... Like... It's kind of incredible. The one exception is, like, there's the kind of drip option where, like, if you have a snapback that has, like, a Naruto headband plate on it, that is acceptable right there. But the actual headband... No. no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what an epoch. What else was I into when it came to this run of Naruto? I liked the first few arcs. I think that when the... You know, it's funny. Normally you talk about storytelling, you tell people to slow down, let people let things breathe. Mm-hmm. I like the fights when they pick up the pace. Yes, yes, because... This... Okay, so do we want to... Do you want to start talking about this? Because it's going, it is the biggest well, problem first, with the entire series. I'm going to phrase it in the positive when it happens. Sure, yeah, cool. When the action picks up, like when, I don't know, Zabuza's making his suicide run, or or the chapter or two where the Haku sort of Sasuke stuff picks up the pace a little, and yeah. everything's being explained. When it's clicking along, it's cool, it's stylish, it has ideas, it's fun. Sure. But those things can get so bogged down in explaining... Talking and talking and talking and talking and talking. Like, if you want to see Chris Claremont blush... Naruto uh, can really do that. Yes. I... There is this thing that you can glimpse through all the fucking talking that happens in this series. Where Kishimoto probably spent, like, a good long while coming up with the mechanics of how everyone's shit works. Right? Yeah. Like, he spent a lot of effort doing this. And he wants you to know how much effort he spent on this. So... Instead of leaving things implicit, um, he will have two characters fight, and throughout the fight, they're going to tell each other all about their tricks and how their tricks work. I know what you're talking about, and I always want to tell him, it's not math class, you don't have to show your work. (laughs) It's not math class, you don't have to show your work, A, like from a storytelling perspective, right? That is why it... But then B... They're ninjas. Shouldn't they be keeping their shit secret? It's crazier than that because early on in this thing, characters make a point of saying, you shouldn't tell the enemy your secrets or you should play your cards closer to your vest, dummy. And then everyone... And then they don't. They don't. And they don't stop not doing that. It's like a disease. (laughs) And it ends up being, yeah, probably the biggest issue with this series is the fact that a fight never has time to, like, be a fight before someone starts talking again. I have a Kemcho's theory on this. What's that? I think on their own, the fight talking and the hyper flashbacks would not have become a lead weight. Yes. But as a tag team in a conflict, you don't want in your action adventure thing for me to say, oh no, a fight. That's a later problem. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I I, I absolutely agree. I, uh, yeah, no, the hyper flashbacks... You will see 
them happening in the first 70 chapters, especially like for characters who I know I'm never going to see again. So why the fuck? <laughs> like, why, why, why are you treating me to this? Um, specifically, like the kid from the Land of Waves arc. If I had to like point to a thing against that thing's credit, it's the fucking kid from the Land of Waves arc and the fact that he gets like this whole fucking chapter dedicated to his backstory. And I like, yeah, it's sad and everything, but like, are it's you- sad and everything, but why? And also, I don't know, there's just a sort of default sad factor to this child soldier. You don't really need to belabor this point. Yeah, it's like, you could have just said, oh yeah, his dad was killed by this guy's thugs. And I have everything I need right there. Yeah. Instead, at least one chapter gets... I'm going to say wasted on this kid and his backstory. And how many times do we see him after this arc is up? Yeah. Yeah. yeah not fucking not, once. Not, not fucking one. And not fucking one. There's this weird fucking thing that happens. Um, By the way, he led Horikoshi his worst habit. Yes. Yes. The fucking kid who doesn't like this. I was just about to fucking. Yes. Deku goes to place. Here's a kid there. Kid does not like Deku because I, I don't know. Some fucking like. Bad thing. His parents are probably dead. They almost always are. Uh, and, and I'm like, are you running for office? Deku has to win over Kit. And why did you pick that one? Why did you pick that specific thing to rip off? It's not even good. It was like it was the weakest part of the Land of Waves arc, and then it becomes the weakest part of My Hero Academia because it does it at least like three fucking times. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. <laughs> The, the second Hiroaka movie is amusingly egregious with oh, that. Oh, well, hold on. Can I, can, I, can I grab that blanket you're sitting on right now? Yeah. I need to be wearing red. And the second Hero Academia movie. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> All right, here. I have the red blanket back. Oh, you're welcome for that visual joke you put on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> oh. Um... I, I don't want to refer to TV tropes a crutch amount of times, but there is this thing that they have identified called franchise original sin, which is when the problems that become well known about the franchise or the things about the franchise that it becomes well known for that are bad are there really, really early on while it was still considered good. Yeah, that's um one of the more amusing tropes that seeing it in motion like that is. Well, it's it's great because that's why I like that this is a reread rather than a first time read. I mean, a lot of what I cover, a lot of the material that we end up covering is going to be the first time that I've encountered it. Um, besides just its reputation. Right. Right. Uh, because I know about most of this series through its reputation, but like this earlier segment, right. It's with the benefit of hindsight and knowing what the problems end up becoming because, and again, a lot of this can be blamed on filler episodes of the anime, which overutilize both flashbacks and you know talking 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 why won't you just hit each other jesus christ oh man as egregious as they get in naruto man those bleach flashbacks are fucking hilarious yeah bleach also has the sort of dishonor of they don't do it as much in naruto i'm finding uh at least from what i've read so far but in bleach right there's this whole, you can't beat me. Yeah, I can. Here's this new shit that no one knew about, <laughs> not even the reader. Yeah, there's um, a different wavelength of ass pulling. So that is that is why Naruto is better than Bleach, on just a basic, like, how they construct the fights level. 
if you were to strip away all the fun choreography and powers, it's essentially like a competitive shell game the way these fights are put together sometimes. Yeah. One of the more amusing examples of that is just the Shino sound guy fight. Where oh, yeah, just like, nope, nope, doesn't work. One guy... Too many bugs. Yeah, yeah, one guy thinks he has, like, the shell game set when, you know, his arm actually isn't completely fucked, and then poof, and fun spot there. I kind of want to credit, like, JoJo with this, and the whole, like... Like, part four of JoJo, specifically, was when he started getting, like, a little bit rock, paper, scissors about how stands work. And how, like... Mm. Yeah, that that's cool that your stand can do that, but like it's got fuck all on <laughs> this one right here, which could probably be pretty easily beaten by this guy, but this guy's not here right now, so now you have to like actually think about it, don't you? That kind of deal. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean JoJo's influence is ubiquitous throughout the. Oh industry. yeah, yeah. No, it it is the DNA of Shonen. Um, everything else is just cosmetics. And uh, post-apocalyptic Bruce Lee sounds. <laughs> Lest we forget the other part of Fair enough. the other lobe. I mean, there is literally a Bruce Lee. Like his name is Lee. I didn't get that when I was first watching this. I didn't know who Bruce Lee was when I was like twelve years old. Now it's quite palpable. Just it's I, I, pretty I, I tangible. Like, the joke is actually funny. Just like yeah. like there's a Bruce Lee cosplayer running around, and like if you're Sakura, oh cool. There's this weird uh, Bruce Lee character, and he's hitting on you. Or Bruce Lee cosplayer, and he's hitting on you. What exactly do you Actually, say to that? I kind of want to get to the last sort of strength of this, kind of through that lens. Sure. When it comes to characters, mm-hmm. not aesthetics, because the things he thinks are, are like, edge cool visually work. When it comes to characters and moments, he has a way better grasp of sort of funny goofy characterization, I guess, mm-hmm. than... I, I don't know if you call it like that Devil May Cry, like, edge cool kind of thing. Darkness. He has... A really fumbly grasp on how to do that kind of thing well. No, he's he's way better at humor and off, which is yeah. most tangible. We have to talk about this in these early chapters. I know he's probably going to feature more strong in the next one, but he's intro here. Fucking Gara, <laughs> fucking Gara is a character who could have only existed in two thousand and three or whatever. Yep, yeah, I I think I think the chapter that he was introduced in probably was two thousand one. Is probably when it was released. If I had to like guess, we could look it up. It's it, we're in the neighborhood. I don't know if it's his first slide, but it just one of the first things he fucking says is basically "Shut up or I'll kill you." Uh, he does. I'm going to just look something up for some context for all of you listeners out there. Mm-hmm. The same year that Gara of the Desert was introduced. Uh, Disturbs the Sickness was also introduced. (laughs) (laughs) This is... I'm a lit major, right? I'm a student of literature, um, and we like to think about things in the context that they were written as a means of better understanding them. So you would call this an entry in the ooh-ah-ah-ah-ah movement? It definitely cannot be ignored that the album The Sickness and Gara are contemporaries of one another. (laughs) This was the era... I I, I think it probably started with Mm, not started with, but became popular with The Matrix, right? Go on. Just, But very quickly became mutated. Right, new metal and edgy characters in anime are not directly informed by one another, but they are a product of the same moment of time. They rhyme. They rhyme. Um, so I, I can't really talk about how how disturbs the sickness caused Gara to happen, but I can absolutely tell you that it is no coincidence that they both happened in the same year. And look, 
And look, I can see your direct message coming together. I do read them, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. About how it's about Gara overcoming that through Naruto to become a boring character instead. <laughs> I get that. I get that that's the story they're telling. <laughs> it does not make the rising action of that story any less amusing to me. I... <laughs> we, we don't get Gara's backstory yet, so I'm not going to spend too much time on that yet but <laughs> if we think about the dialogue that he has given right in the you know chapters in which he's you know introduced that we you know have read up to now he has not had his fight with rock lee yet so far as i am aware in the first 70 chapters i think he that... has not the first 70 chapters break off in the middle of our wrestlemania main event it's sakura versus eno kids strap the fucking <laughs> all right so we haven't gotten any action from him. Well, we've gotten a little bit. We've we seen that he's extremely murders. he's extremely fucking dangerous, right? And he really just wants to keep kill <laughs> I'm sorry. There's there's very little that separates this character from Leto Joker in my head. There's no other character in fiction that I can like more quickly compare him to as a shorthand than Jared Leto Joker. And that's not something that you want. If you drew him in a different style, he could have easily fought Spawn for one issue. He could have sp fought Spawn for one issue. He could have been like a Blade antagonist in one of the Blade movies, yes. By the way, in the positive column, I feel like I would be remiss not to mention this as we are talking about Gara of the what have you. Mm hmm. Uh, the, the sand thing's cool. The sand thing's cool. He's cool. got a sick, like here the, the like the idea behind his character and you know like as you know he's like this evil counterpart to Naruto. He even has a similar hairstyle, right? Right. Um. Right. The his character design, the sand thing, the gourd. They're all really cool. He had his fans back in the day. Probably still has a couple of them, although they're quieter about it now. I'm sure because oh, there's just other shit happening, right? I can, this is not a condemnation or anything like that. There is a whole lot about his character that is cool and does work until he opens his fucking mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If memory serves, I'm looking forward to see how we deal with the next issue. But wasn't just sort of spot-wise the whole Rock Lee fight with him supposed to be a high point? It was good. It was a pretty good fight. Um, If there was an issue with that fight, it's that no one ever shut up. Yo, I don't fucking get about that, by the way. Rock Lee has the simplest powers in this fucking comic. He well, they, moves fast that he hits people. They, they and it's somehow led in with dialogue. They had to explain the gates. Look, we'll cover that in the next episode. Okay. Okay. But yes, Gara is really, really cool until he starts talking. I think uh, he did have the advantage of having a really good voice actor in the dub who did a whole lot with the material that he was given. So uh, there, there's a point for, for, for Mr. Liam O'Brien. I think he's actually on Critical Role now. So, there you go. Uh, that's, that's, he, he's, he's there now. There's a moment I want to talk about, because I'm sometimes very drawn to just talk about things that aren't necessarily bad or good, but weird. Mm -hmm. The first 70 chapters of Naruto have the weirdest motivational speech in manga history. Hear me out. Okay. After that cool test, love that test. Mm -hmm. Good shit. When the teacher... 
gives the speech about the choices you have to make as a ninja and how he's proud of them for staying and reveals his torture head. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Is that what you took away from that? <laughs> you know what I'm realizing right now it. about the tuning exam arc is that they introduced the Anko character, right? The proctor for that tuning exam. Oh, she exam falls arc. the right fuck out. And they, like, they even give her a connection to Orochimaru. Like, they give her, like, this little in into the narrative, and he, he does nothing with it. I, I don't know. It's like I'm... <laughs> Every time he has a chance to do right by one of the women that he writes, he will not fucking do it. He had a very straightforward ABC thing laid out with the fucking Uncle Orochimaru thing. I don't know if she's just drawing, like, one piece in the air like fucking Bret Hart or something. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, if it's ever addressed again, it's too little too late. Yeah, it's it's kind of a bizarre one, really. God. I don't remember if the Tsunade thing goes anywhere, because she's introduced right before the Great Chasm. I will talk about her in the third episode. Ooh, that was a... I like the tone of that. It sounds like, it sounds like someone has something to say. <laughs> Maybe one or two things. It sounds like someone has some content. Alright, so... This has been fucking great. That's the first 70 chapters of Naruto for you guys. Give or take. Give or take. I hope you got a good idea of the shape of thing up to this point. I hope there's not too much that we left out that you wanted us to talk about. I Like, um, Zabuza is a fun villain. He's well regarded as a uh, villain in the, yeah, you know, sort of He's well regarded, he's well, well remembered. Fandom. His big sword looks cool. It's a pretty cool big sword, yeah. It was cool enough that it just sort of kudzooed out into there must be six other insetting guys with cool swords. Okay, I'm getting back. And one of them again. is a shark. Yeah, no, there, there's. Just, <laughs> oh, I, I need, we need to not get ahead of ourselves here. Yeah. yeah, maybe I should have stopped at 70 chapters. I just know that I get behind on my reading. It happens. It happens. It yeah. happens. But thank you for listening. Oh, absolutely. I hope you enjoy Do- this. I enjoyed doing it. I hope you enjoy. <laughs> Weeaboo hell of the year. Why did I do that? Why did I fucking say that? What is wrong with me? <laughs> Stupid piece of shit. <laughs> like, this is either going to be embarrassing or painful. There's no in-between. Thank you for listening to Weeaboo Hell. It's it is Weeaboo Hell. hell.